0: Episode 89 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts. Did I not get it right? I did? Oh, you were shaking your head because you were surprised at me. I was
1: shaking my head because we haven't done this in forever, and I don't think we've used a script the last few times anyway. And you can tell
0: that remember. I am so dependent on your verbal cues. <laughs> I'm so for sorry. For guidance.
1: They were, I was like, it was a shaking of my head in disbelief because of course you remember it verbatim. Of
0: awesomeness.
1: <laughs> yeah. Welcome to episode 89 of Jen
0: and Millie, where a Gen X and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess.
1: Is that more positive? <laughs> verbal that is more positive. <laughs>
0: I'm a little bit in awe of how, and I shouldn't be. Um, when we talk about muscle memory, have you ever heard that mm. term? Of course. So if if you, you know, haven't used a muscle for a while, or if you're like me and you had a injury and you haven't been able to do all the things that you've done, and then you're kind of slowly getting back. I started PT yesterday, mm. didn't know I would have, be as sore as I am, because apparently I haven't been stretching the way that I should, mm. but... Your muscles, remember, and my brain muscles, especially when it comes to words,
2: mm-hmm.
0: have memory. Yeah. I've been talking the last couple of weeks a lot about the senses and mm-hmm. where we have like, I think it's called orifactory is your nose, your sense of smell. Okay. Um, there's a new, there's a pill coming out maybe that uh, a drug company is introducing for those of us that had COVID and lost our sense of, of smell and taste. Oh. It's supposed to enhance and and help bring us back. I've been talking about this quite a bit because it hasn't fully returned to me or at least Mm -hmm. it's not the same. And I'm coming up on a year here being in Colorado and a year since I had um, COVID and I still need, as you know, like the heavy cab and the, um, you know, I can turn my my Spice Kitchen um, when Siraj asked me what number you know i want for my molly kofta or for my um whatever i might be having i'm like i can turn it up to a five now i think sense of sound is something that is such a memory trigger for me that even the tone in which i say welcome to episode yep fill in the blank I know so I've it got muscle me. memory
1: it's like oh so it was like a shaking of my head of, of course you remember because you're you and because we've done I guess 89 of these right um more than that um but also I'm like Kyle oh, it's just good to be back it's so good to it's, see you it's so good to see you
0: it's such a it's a new container for you that I mm-hmm. see behind you but there's like um Psychological safety for me to see your, your atlasy map behind mm-hmm. you and your coffee, um, carafe, mm-hmm. those things provide psychological safety because you are completely in different space
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I know it all the time because I don't see you in a staff meeting
2: mm-hmm.
0: or get emails from you. And so this provides psychological safety for me to see mm-hmm. some of the sameness, but also the mm-hmm. newness and the excitement, and my excitement for you um, in this journey and adventure does not end.
2: Oh, I love it. It's and you're just in a happy crazy. place. You I can am. see that
0: like your learner is being fed and nurtured. Um, in the green room, we talked a little bit about, I mean, we don't even mean to, but we talk about strengths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just talk about it all the time. I know. know. So in the green room when I was sharing some things that probably won't make it to the podcast, um, (laughs) for sure. I'm also starting to recognize that we do this strength spotting naturally all the time. Mm -hmm. We have been immersed in it for almost 90 episodes, but way, way more than that. And prior to that, Friday I'm doing a call to coach uh, with Morgan, um
2: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, so we're gonna talk a little bit about teammates and and just even doing the pre call with Jim Collison. I almost felt guilt not having you there.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: then also sort of this recognition about it. I was interviewed for Casa. They did a podcast. Um oh, yeah. and and hope is hope is one of the most amazing interviewers ever. But she asked a lot about Jen and Millie,
2: hmm.
0: and she and she she begged the question: Will Jen and Millie continue? And I said yes, but not mm-hmm. through teammates. And this is really our first—I
2: mm-hmm. would
0: say—totally solo. Yeah, we're continuing, but one of us is still there, and. Mm-hmm we're continuing without the connection to teammates, but a desire to continue these dialogues mm-hmm. that we intended for mentors and mentees to have, but what we've found mm-hmm. is that
1: lots of people have. Lots of people, I know. I know, it's so weird. I was like even setting up all my stuff because yeah, the one episode or most recent episode from like what was it, August thirteenth? Yeah. Um, re-recorded on the road to the Denver airport when you were dropping me off to fly back to Omaha to then drive to Minnesota, to then drive to DC. And so we I would had to create a formal setup physically here. Um I posted that episode from here, so I like uploaded it and did all the like the back end stuff here, but actually like positioning myself and making sure like i turned off my perpetually running air conditioner and like all of these things like tried to minimize noise for my neighbors like that kind of stuff i just like have not gotten into a good groove of yet and um so yeah it was very weird but very exciting at the same time to to be in a new space and i know we've recorded episodes where people understand with my high adaptability space really matters aesthetic really matters and so it's kind of been interesting to um to just even continue, you know, have this string of continuity from my old container, you know, even to the teammate's office, to my home office nook area at my apartment in Omaha, to now my nearly hotel room I live in in Washington, D.C. because of <laughs> size-wise, you know. Um, yeah, so it's just been really interesting, and I'm excited just to catch up and spend time with you and um, – you know, share a little bit of what's been going on in my life and hear what's been going on in your life. I think, um, you know, since we haven't talked in so long, it'd just be good to like catch up. And um, I know some of our listeners follow us on like personal social media pages, but also to just catch up from a strength-based perspective of how the change has been, what life looks like right now, and all of those sorts of things.
0: One of our um, mutual social media connections um, made mention to me that maybe we're having role reversal because I'm, I'm traveling so much. I've been, and, and you are, you're kind of in your
2: mm-hmm. new
0: container, but a uh, trusted container and feeling, um, some exploration in your container, but I'm yeah. like getting on planes
2: yeah. and
0: going a lot. I've been all over, yeah, all over the last, um, Few months I was supposed to be this week, actually. I was supposed to be in in Del Mar in my beloved, most favorite place that sits near me in my office space every day, that visual. I was supposed to be there this week for a uh, workshop that I was leading, but we ended up going virtual. And so I will tell you that although I'm so sad to not have had the time in in the San Diego area, I needed a pause point because I was like my green babies, my plants. I have to have somebody help out with my green babies because I've been gone so much. Mm -hmm. I had a quick fun trip to Nashville, spur of the moment, yes, um, and went and uh, had a great time in Nashville. Uh, Just got back from Virginia where I I spent uh, five days with um, some great people learning about strengths, um, learning about leadership, learning about myself, Mm -hmm. learning about purpose and direction, I am (laughs) going to leave this call and head up to Steamboat um, for just for fun. Um, Haven't been there yet and have really wanted Mm -hmm. to. And the opportunity came to just to go up and and experience Steamboat. Mm -hmm. We'll um, leave Sunday, head back to Nebraska, get back here Thursday, and then Tuesday, uh, St. Lucia. And then I'll get back Jeez. and have a couple days and then fly quick to Dallas go to Stone's concert
1: oh my um, gosh.
0: and then fly to Omaha for gala. That so is
1: crazy. That's it, insane. It's so not That's me. insane.
0: Yeah, it is so not you. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> it's so not. It's so not what I knew. What a prior may, normal was. Mm-hmm. It may be me. Mm hmm but it's not what I have known. Mm-hmm. So I am finding a lot of space mm-hmm. and a lot of opportunity to explore. Do I really, did I know whether this was me or not? Because I just hadn't experienced it. Mm. I, I'm, I am leaning right into on and it. off the plane. Um, you know, airport time yeah. is some of my favorite. Oh and
1: yeah. travel time in general. It really is. It's so
0: good. So I want to make sure that I tag in my brain and out loud. Mm -hmm. I I have a story for you regarding when you come in and sit down on the plane. I have a story for you that you will either love or hate if you're one of our listeners. But yes, that's what I've been up to. Um, Lots Mm -hmm. of travel, very, very busy and um, in a really great place Mm -hmm. of uh, I always say this: my intention with Aliology, which is mm-hmm. the blog that I write, the music notes that I write, mm-hmm. my photography that I do, um, all the side fun stuff. Oh. Aliology came from a place of learning to be me, authentic yeah. exploration, and I don't know that I've ever been mm-hmm. more in that.
2: Yeah. I love that.
1: I love that. Not only like I can definitely see, yeah, see it through all your iterations and just to know yourself well enough to say writing and expression and like media outlets are really important to you, which I know you've always known, but people's self-expression comes in different ways. And so I think Um, that your self-expression is coming a lot through writing and and the blog and music notes and even these sorts of conversations um, is just a testament to your input communication. So I just want to note that. um, Yeah, that not everyone's yeah, self discovery comes through that way, but knowing yourself well enough to say that is time I have to create, but time that gives me life. In self reflection, I think is so important. So I love that. I love that. That sounds like a dream life for me. You know, <laughs> like
0: oh it my is gosh. a little bit of role reversal test. No,
1: it is. I know. I mean, I yeah. So I yeah came here, um, moved to D.C. and two weeks later, I was back in Omaha for Steph's wedding. Um, which was wonderful. But since I came back from that Labor Day, yeah, I've just been here and um, working a lot. (laughs) I mean, a lot of, you know, so, um, you know, between my classes and then my commitment to the university for my assistantship, I just have a lot of work to do. Um, And I love all of it. But it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, three hundred pages of work, hundreds of statistical models to run, new software to learn, questions to be asked, projects to manage. Um, it just—it's a—it's just. I don't know. I think you know in my mind. I don't know. It's not different than I expected, but I think, especially at teammates with my master's program with other commitments that I had in Omaha like I had something on my calendar all the time like there was always something on my calendar and when I was describing this to people when I first came you know now that I've been here for a while you know a few months like people have, like stop asking like you know how's like you know not like how's life, but like what does your life look like how is it different you know um so I just I people just kind of stopped asking that because most people know kind of what my life looks like now but the way that I was first describing it when people were asking is I went from a life where every moment every moment of my waking time was scheduled pretty much and a lot of the time I should be asleep had to something had to be on the calendar because I had so much to do um I am now in a space of completely unstructured time that I have of my waking time, if I factor in, you're totally going to laugh. So I was trying to describe this and like put it in a really concrete way for people to understand. So if I take my waking hours, if I get to a place of being able to like sleep a full eight hours again, um, in a given week, I take all of my waking hours, less than 10% of my time is actually scheduled. Like I have to be somewhere. It's my three classes and my meeting with the professor that I'm her GA for. Um, So it's like a total of like nine or 10 hours, um, maybe 11 hours every week, right? That's the only thing I actually have on my calendar. In the midst of all of that, it isn't that I have free time. And this is the distinction. It was like, oh my gosh, you have so much free time. No, I don't. I have unscheduled time. And from there, I have to derive a a rhythm that's going to work where I can get through the 300 pages of theory reading I have, get through the statistical problems that I need to solve, get through the point where I'm investing in understanding methodology and creating research proposals based on that. So that's my, those are my three classes. Get to the point where I'm working on this research for Dr. Adams and the work I'm doing with her. And so there's a lot to do and that occupies a lot of my time. But I have to figure out the rhythm that works best for me, which has been, blissful but also i have realized the need to build in right and i just like i used this term earlier but i don't like this term is self-care right i don't like this term right i don't like it because i think it neglects number one basic human necessities so i need to care for myself not do self-care i need to care for myself as a human being right so i need to build that in but then Number two, I have to ensure that I'm also caring for my body and my spirit. Um, And that was something that I found myself in trying to get into a rhythm that was going to work best for me with my human needs, right? Getting enough sleep, taking breaks to exercise, you know, and getting into a rhythm of this unstructured, unscheduled time, I was accounting for my human needs my physiological needs, but I wasn't accounting for the needs of my soul when I was doing this initially. And so I'm grateful for a great spiritual director. And I know I've mentioned her on the podcast before. And she, like, kind of was like, Tess, you're going to show up better in all those other ways if you find time to care for your soul. And because I was feeling guilty for not showing up the way I felt like I needed to in my spiritual life, wasn't showing up in the way that I wanted to in terms of. Just like you said, role reversal, I love to explore and I get to live in my freaking most favorite city in the United States. And I was not taking time to explore it or to go to historical sites or to check out things that I had on my list. Like the only places I was exploring were coffee shops to find the next place to sit and work. You know so which brought me to different neighborhoods brought me to some cool areas of the city I hadn't seen before um, and still haven't seen yet that are on my list to do but um, but yeah I was like I was using that as a quasi form of feeding my soul by just going to a different neighborhood to find a new coffee shop to work in for you know five hours to sit for um, rather than actually spending time enjoying exploring the neighborhood you know taking a bike ride for a break, you know, knowing instead of just, like, jumping on the treadmill or just going on the elliptical, like, knowing I need to exercise as a form of physiological nourishment like why couldn't I do that by biking around the city as a form of soul nourishment and physiological nourishment at the same time right so like I don't know so you're just like nodding at me encouraging but I'm like I'm like learning all these things because of this unstructured time right like I am creating my life and my rhythms fresh from start and there were things that I said were non-negotiables like I'm getting enough sleep I am Pausing to eat. I am ensuring that I'm running on a regular basis. Like these things that I neglected um, with how busy and full and structured my life was in Omaha. So there are things that I said going into this I know are non-negotiables. But they were care. It was care for my human self rather than care for my soul that I needed. And so I've been exploring different ways to care for for my soul lately, which has been fun.
0: You could probably hear my pencil going.
1: Mm-hmm. So. I know
0: we, so we have not chatted. We have not seen each other. We have not chatted really since Mm -hmm. August. Um, I hurt my back and wasn't able to come back for the wedding and didn't get to see everybody, which was really hard for me because Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm missing components of, of those connections Mm -hmm. that zoom just doesn't fulfill Mm -hmm. but also like i haven't haven't talked to you
2: i know (laughs) and
0: we i never know what we're going to talk about going into this and then of course as i believe the universe just says well what i'd like to do is present to both of you an opportunity to discuss so many things i am not kidding tess that just just today yesterday I heard this quote from, and I don't know who it is, I'll, I promise I'll look it up so we give proper credit. I know that's important to both of us. Mm-hmm. But it was some dude on Instagram talking about instead of asking, you know, how was your day today? When you are, whatever relationship that you're in, when you ask the question, how was your day or how was your day today? It can get um, flat. It can get routiney and it doesn't, you're asking because you genuinely care, but it may come across as just mm-hmm. like a, because it's the same voice or the same tone or the same yeah. question. And he suggested that we rephrase, and this was totally speaking to self-care, how did you take care of yourself today?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think
0: what you're referring to is how are you taking care of yourself
2: mm-hmm.
0: in new ways, I also think, I'm curious, I I have so many thoughts. What we, what I often teach and talk about um, from our wild teaching is above the line and below the line. Mm -hmm. And when we are in above the line space, it's creativity and joy. If you imagine like um, Canon and D, you know, Pachelbel's Mm -hmm. Canon, like those, that music that makes you just feel like creativity. Below the line is where we're anxious anger, frustration, depression, mm-hmm. um, sadness, um, sometimes rage. So if you think about a really sad song or um, like a heavy heavy metal sort of angry mm-hmm. song. And I was thinking about how, and, and this is something that, that I, I do with a lot of organizations and a lot of clients that I work with, that line is is courage
2: mm-hmm. so
0: we have to make choice around how we step above the line mm-hmm. but there's there's great insight that comes from when we're below the line
2: mm-hmm. sure. so if
0: our soul is not being fed and we're in sort of you know I, I don't think you're referring to a dark night of the soul we, we've covered that heavily here in this in our, our time together in this podcast mm-hmm. but it, it still is a below the line this that what you, what you know you need to do
2: yeah.
0: to take care of yourself. The other piece that I'm really interested in is when you're talking about the concept of free time versus unscheduled time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know that we talked about this on a previous episode when I first moved into my own space for the first time in my life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that it not just free time versus unscheduled time, I was in free space
2: mm.
0: that was mine to determine and i'm still adjusting to i make all the decisions about my time and my space Mm -hmm. and what i eat because that's so new to me it's still new to me that i don't have to ask anyone else what they think what they want where we're going what we're doing um so i I want us to talk a little bit about that free time versus unscheduled time Mm -hmm. and then the most important question that i had for you is do you feel like your adaptability is in balance right now or out of balance?
1: Hmm. Would you like me to answer that one first? Yes, Any and all the above, it's very much in balance. I don't think I've ever felt a time where my adaptability has been more in balance. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because I can see this is and this is the thing, I know, I know we've talked about this before, but adaptability isn't just not having a plan it's having a plan and being able to adjust it and I've never had more liberty in adjusting because I can create a plan I can say oh well, I'm going to go down to Chinatown and study at Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Library and then go across the street to Urban Roast in the afternoon and get lunch and then study there um so that you know I'm going to have this plan say that
0: phrase again liberty
1: in adjusting yeah Yep. So I'll create a plan, study plan for the day where I want to go, what it's going to take to get there, how I'm going to get there. I'm going to take the metro, the bus, hop on a city bike, um, walk, you know, and um, but I have full agency in making adjustments to that so if a someone in my cohort says you know hey I'd love to go over this stats problem with you I don't feel like I'm getting the right answer I can say oh well I was planning to meet here. if you want to meet me here um, or let's find somewhere kind of by where you live like a coffee shop and study there instead and there's um, I, I don't know what you know that's I mean it's totally adaptability but you know even like walking so I'm you know, one of the things that I've definitely seen the most is, um, I, my adaptability has loved just figuring out how to get from point A to point B. And this is strategic, yeah, adaptability strategic, right? So I have, you know, all the options, um, and probably a lot more strategic than adaptability though too, but this goes into like figuring out how I want to live my day, um, for that day. But, you know, am I going to walk because DC's like, Two square miles, right? It's like you can walk any from one side of it to the other in an hour, um, basically. And so, like, do I want to walk where I'm, you know, and I'm kind of a little central, so I can pretty much walk anywhere easily. Do I want to walk? Um, do I want to take the metro? Um, if I want to take the metro, which one do I want to hop and in which direction? Um, and what time do I need to be there to, like, not wait a long time, but catch it right when it happens, right? I have a pass for the city bike. So, um, should I take a city bike and if so knowing that my closest city docking station is usually empty which direction do I need to go in order to pick up the next closest city bike in order to go where I'm headed right because the next closest might not be the direction that I'm headed Um, do I want to right like if I'm meeting up with someone and they have a vehicle right do I want to catch a ride back with them because am I going right back to campus or you know so on and so forth right so like all of the options are constantly fluttering in my head and normally none of those would be open to me. In my life in Omaha, none of those options were open to me, hardly. I have to take a car to get basically anywhere because it's so spread out. Um, I owned a car, so there was the convenience of that as well, but then also the time constraint that I usually had to get somewhere by a certain time. And because I don't have hardly anything on my calendar, there aren't a lot of time constraints. And that's the beautiful thing where I am so open with that So if I say I'm going to meet someone at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at the Shaw Library and something comes up or I want to schedule something or, you know, whatever, I can say, hey, can we move that to tomorrow or can we push it up or I happen to get here early if you want to stop by earlier, you know, so on and so forth. Like there's just so much openness and I think it's definitely my strategic adaptability blend that like loves like there's an excitement for figuring out what container i'm going to be in where i'm going to be how i'm going to study who i'm going to study with what kind of coffee i'm going to be able to consume while i do it right like based on where i'm at and you know and so listeners on, so will forth. spot
0: <laughs> listeners will spot the obvious here there's some learner
1: Oh, yeah. There's just Mm -hmm. a little
0: bit of learner going on here. Oh, and context,
1: Um, right? Like, I have a physical map of the district now in my head, and I know pretty much every neighborhood, and so how am I going to get to one from one to the next? Yeah, And your
0: your spatial Mm -hmm. recognition Mm -hmm. and knowing, you know, directionally. So I, I love that, you know, Tess, I wonder how many of these episodes could we really say in almost 90 of them? that we both were in a place of happiness, contentment, flow, you mm-hmm. use the word bliss. Um, mm. There's a new moon in uh, Libra, um, I believe. And um, it's all about being present and in the moment and fun and um, mm-hmm. bliss is a word that has that was actually coming up for me the last couple of days because Hmm. what I think, I don't know if you noticed like when I said happiness, it's like question mark.
1: Like that's a provocative statement. (laughs) Right,
0: contentment feels sometimes for me, it can trigger fear. Hmm. Because when I feel like things are going really well, Or I think, wow, this is happiness. Mm -hmm. Like some shoe is going to drop and I'm Mm -hmm. not going to expect it. I'm not going to know. I'm not, I won't see it. Um, I believe mentioned that in the green room too, that I, Mm
2: -hmm. there were
0: some things that have happened recently that I did not see coming again. Mm -hmm. And when you are an intuitive and an empath, you, when your intuition isn't, I'm going to stop myself right there. My intuition has always been on. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I just haven't trusted it.
1: You haven't listened to it.
0: And I don't, I'm not willing to name it sometimes because it might not be the outcome that I want. It's kind of like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: we talked about this once on here when I would ask my kids the same question in like 14 different ways to get a different Mm -hmm. answer. And they would say, Mom, I still don't like bananas. Yeah. (laughs) So, I, I I have a tendency of doing that That's when input is out of balance is when I there's information mm-hmm. provided to me that I don't want
2: yeah
0: or I don't want to hear. I'll then try to ask different questions to get a different
2: mm-hmm.
0: answer. And so when I do happiness question mark, my gut right now feels pretty good
2: yeah
0: but, I get nervous when Mm -hmm. I feel happy because I have a a fear that something's going to change that. What I think is different for me this time that I want to name is my happiness is within.
1: It's not dependent on external circumstances. So why would you feel scarcity around it? Right. Why would you feel like it's fleeting? Why would you feel like it's going to be taken away? Because it's not contingent on what's around you. Right. So I think uh, really,
0: as always, the observations that come out of this container of verbal expression Mm Mm-hmm are sometimes so startling to me. I, and I'm so grateful for it because mm-hmm. we have trust and I'm learning so much about trust.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it doesn't happen overnight. No, everyone. Hello. Mm-hmm. But also there's a choice in it. When we show up to be vulnerable, there's a choice in it. When we mm-hmm. show up to a container like this and are willing to put out publicly how, how we're experiencing mm-hmm. life. I'm curious from our listeners, you know, I know that we've given a lot of intention. We always, you know, do some assignments, some homework, Mm -hmm. some questions for you to ponder. But I'm really curious from our listeners, now that we're not in the same container, this is a stretch. We don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to do it from the beginning, but you're choosing to to give me, to gift me this time, Mm -hmm. Tess, based on the the free time versus unstructured time that you have.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I also want to be in this space. I'm curious as to how we can stretch our listeners Mm. to think about the same old containers that you've always shared in Mm. and how you might be able to stretch out of those in a way that that sparks a conversation to ask someone, how do you take care of yourself? How did Mm -hmm. you take care of yourself today? Mm. So I was You will love this or hate this. I know you'll be able to picture it. So I'm coming back from Virginia and it's about three and a half hour uh, flight for me. And I plot myself down into the uh, seat. I never, this is so bizarre now. I never choose a seat anymore. I used to do that. Yeah. I don't do it anymore. I don't know what's happened to me but I no longer choose a seat. I just let the seat choose me. And so I- I
1: was just gonna say, it's something tied to your connectedness. That's like, I'm supposed to sit by you, I'm supposed to sit by, existential. And I'm like, if I'm not at a damn window seat, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> I
0: so uh, the space. seat <clears throat> the seat chooses me. So I, I squish down into my seat and I always say hello. I always say hello, hello, hi, hello. So I, I scooch into my seat, I'm in the aisle and i say hello to my two seatmates and and they smile and larry the gentleman who's seated next mm-hmm. to me says hi and i said hi and i'm kind of getting situated and and he makes kind of some small talk and and he said did i see you on the last flight and i said no i i just i just boarded I, and he said oh you look so familiar to me and later on <clears throat> i recognized that there's this must be Larry's line because I don't think he saw somebody who looked like me, but he said, Oh, you look so much like somebody on the last plane. And I said, Oh, okay. And I said, no. and he goes, well, what are you doing here? So it opened the door mm-hmm. for the dialogue. We have some small talk and Tess, I shit you not. I can say whatever I want mm-hmm. now on this podcast. I <laughs> shit you not. He turns to me and he said, we have three hours. Right. And I said, yeah, he goes, you want to hear some of my stories? Do you want to hear some of my stories? I practically clapped my hands. I i mean, my visceral reaction,
1: mm-hmm. I was like,
0: Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I've, I've been waiting, I've waiting for been you totally, my whole life, Larry. Oh God, totally I've been waiting pictures. for you to be my seatmate my entire life. Thank you for being here. So he starts to explain to me that why he is seated where he is seated is his wife is further up. They had just gotten back from a trip from Paris. And he and explained it to me how they got there, mm-hmm. how they landed this place, um, all of the, the great experiences they had, including mm-hmm. drummers suspended with a trapeze artist. Um, I mean, he's telling me all these things, but he finally gets to explaining that they're not seated together because his wife had noticed an older, even older couple, Larry's retired, an even older couple who were confused as to why their seats weren't together. Mm -hmm. So she gave up her spot so that they could sit together. His wife wasn't seated with him. So I happened to be lucky enough to be seated next to Larry by chance. Larry then goes on to tell me about his three children, one of which, um, Larry's retired from United. He was an architect. His wife is retired um, from a similar, from United, similar kind of role. So they have been part of DIA um, for 30 plus years. Yeah. Larry's son is a pilot, his daughter, a flight attendant, and another one of his daughters is a teacher. And so he's telling me about his three children, telling me how he met his wife, telling me a little bit about you know, him. I'm assuming these are his stories, all right? Oh no, Larry one by one He has five stories. He said, are you ready for story number one? I mean, this dude is a gifted storyteller and story number one is about the time that when Larry's kids were young and he was asked to be part of career day at school to come in and talk about his role as an architect. And what he chose to do for that was to bring in Beanie Babies and have the kids create a Beanie Baby house. It was the most elaborate plan and storytelling that I've ever heard. I mean, I would I didn't even speak. I just sat there in complete and utter awe of him describing this. And then he'd get done with the story and I would just be like, Wow. I go, Larry, that was so inventive, and you engage the kids, and I do teaching, and you know, I work with students and, and you, you did all the things and you're not a teacher? Well, hell no, I'm not a teacher, I'm an architect. And then, you know, we'd sit there for a little bit, he'd sip his Coke Zero, and then he turned to me and goes, Are you ready for another story? And that is how three and a half hours went by in a blink, a blink. One of the stories included his son being gifted a falcon by a Saudi prince.
1: <laughs> what?
0: And, and then he, and he turned, and every once in a while he'd pepper in a question, what the hell do you do with a falcon, Allison? And I'm like,
1: I don't know, Larry. If I know, you know, I'm like,
0: you tell me, Larry, what did he do with it? He gave it to the captain. And I mean, it was just the most magical time on a flight that I've ever had. And so as we're landing and I'm thinking three and a half hours went by. I, I turned to him and I said, Larry, you are a gifted, gifted storyteller. And I gave him my card and I said, if ever you want help in, ri- in, in writing these, mm-hmm. collecting these, recording these, like you need mm-hmm. to record these. Yeah. These are magic. Um, Larry reminded me a lot of my grandpa Brassahan, who was not as gifted of a storyteller as Larry, but but could pierce in those kind of um, moments of what I would call Irish wisdom that my grandpa would add in. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my grandpa's stories includes you can't put siding on a house vertically. Um, it, it's a great okay. family story. But <laughs> so anyway, I'm sitting there with Larry, just in awe. But the entire time, Tess, I had not been doing any talking, just simply listening.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Gave him my card, said what a joy it was to sit next to him, how much I appreciated it, how much I learned, how much I loved the tell- its lost art, la, la, la. Told him about our friend, Buddy from Fish Stories, told him about StoryCorps, told him about mm-hmm. all these different things. We get off the plane and as I'm walking out, I look kind of to the people who are waiting we were towards the back of the plane and mm-hmm. I spotted Barb, Larry's wife. I knew mm-hmm. it right away. Of course, And I walked up of course. And I said, are you Barb? And she said, I am <laughs> kind of lifting it confused. And I said, does Larry, does Larry belong to you? And she goes, Oh my God, I'm sorry. What happened? And I said, I I'm spent sorry. the most lovely three hours just listening to Larry's story. She goes, Oh my God. And, <laughs> I said, Barb, I, I just, I loved every minute I was ahead of Larry leaving, you know, so I'm talking to Barb and I see Larry come out and Larry smiles at me and Barb looks at Larry like, you know, what have you, and I said, it was such a joy to, to hear your stories. And Larry goes, well, Barb has heard all of them multiple times. He said, very rarely does someone sit down next to me and just listen. He said, they'll put their headphones in because they fly all the time. They go all over. They'll put their headphones in Mm -hmm. and they just tune me out. And I said, Larry, I've left this time frame in joy, bliss from having heard Mm -hmm. your stories. And I'm going to repeat some of them without really knowing you or not really knowing if the stories are even true. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But they're just great stories. And I believe that we've kind of lost some of that. So I, you know, get off the plane. I'm waiting for my, I'm waiting for my ride. I'm sitting there just processing Mm
2: -hmm.
0: what a different use of my strengths. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Because I'm not the storyteller. I let someone else be. My empathy, Mm -hmm. you know, was in a, with a total stranger. Intuitively, I knew it. I knew it when I sat down. I was like, I'm in the right spot. And I thought about you. I thought about you mm-hmm. and how you talked about walking around a grocery store with your AirPods in. Always.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you would have sat next to Larry,
2: mm-hmm.
0: would you have had your AirPods in? 100%. Probably. <laughs> yep. But I know you would. I know you would have heard him too. Hmm. And I was thinking about how, what do we even do with our nonverbals to ask people how do you take care of yourself today? Mm. What do our nonverbals even tell people about curiosity?
2: Mm.
0: I want to know you. You and I get this space to like catch up and record it for people who I don't know why in the hell will listen to it. <laughs> Seriously, agreed. I, I don't, <laughs> but I know that we're gonna hear from people who will say, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, another episode!" and we're so excited. Yeah, I'm when I told Larry that I, you know, that we had a podcast, he was like, well, how do you do one of those? I said, fuck if I know Larry, I've had somebody who's been able to help me this entire time. And, but you create, you've created space for me to share my stories and to help me think about how did I take care of myself today? Mm -hmm. My hope is that in each and every one of these dialogues that we have, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you'll start thinking about how you choose your free time versus your unscheduled time. I know that you gift time to others, um, in a really meaningful way, but you have thousands of strangers now in those coffee shops, Mm -hmm. in those in on the Metro, in those spaces. I wanted to stretch you, stretch you and ask you, if you'll take your AirPods out one time between now and the time that we talk next and see what happens. Now, I'll, I'll expect you to stretch me somehow, same way, and I didn't give you much time to think about that, mm-hmm. but that was my first thought when I got off the plane when he was explaining to me most of the time
1: mm-hmm. they
0: have their AirPods in.
1: Yeah, hmm. I think it's interesting because, you know, I mean, yes, I accept your challenge. Obviously, I will do it. It's um, an experiment. <laughs> it's an experiment. Yes, but also, like, I, I think in some ways, like, I like joke about that. About like, I don't want to like talk to people, talk to strangers. Like, what? But part of me, you know, now that I'm in a place and in a container where if i were to assess again right learner would be one two three four five six seven eight nine ten probably eleven um top strengths for me um the AirPods aren't a way to close out the world there are they're a way for me to process my inner world through music through podcasts through audiobooks um a lot of people uh have talked to me you know about oh now that you have to read so much for school like, your fun-to-be-read list. Like, a lot of people will be like, okay, what are you reading right now? Because I always post that on social media. Like, what's been a good book you'd recommend? I've had people reach out and ask for recommendations for a book club. And I was a little nervous because towards the end of my master's, especially in the summer, like, I was in a really good groove of reading through a lot of fun books, right? Books for pleasure. So I was nervous about having to let go of that.
0: Let's just define what fun means to you is (laughs) –
1: um, yeah, uh, personal development, history, biographies. Although I have been getting into fiction a lot more lately because I'm a part of a male book club that they like mail a book to, um, book of the month, and there are a couple of my friends that do it, and so it's kind of like a social thing too. So we'll just like see who picks what, and like Hannah does it, um, and my friend Cammy does it, and so we're always like talking, and like, oh, what book did you pick? So anyway, I've been doing a lot more fiction lately which has been a fun reprieve um, from especially like the dense theory and philosophy that I'm reading right now for school. Um, But I think that's like the part of me that wants to portray myself as like a cynic, right, wants to think that the AirPods are like to close off the world. But when I travel, when I am on the metro, when I'm riding my bike, right, and listening to something, I'm always anticipatory of that. Like that's You're listening to something when you ride the bike. Oh yeah, I have one in, you know, so I can my other my other side of me is like aware of my and my adaptability is hyper aware of my surroundings, right? And so, but I'm like, okay, well, if I'm wrapped in a really good book, why would I stop listening to that? Because you could wreck. Because you could wreck. Okay, okay. I would wreck. Close down. This is not that conversation. I'll close down the mom. <laughs> like freak out that you're having right now no um, I'm just
0: I'm trying to picture myself listening to a book that I'm into and navigating a bike at the same time I would wreck
1: I do it well, every, every day at almost every day that I've been here I've done that but that's <laughs> okay you're just yeah, that's you yeah sidebar major bikes sidebar. are hard they're not hard. hard they're really not hard <laughs> you're just uncoordinated <laughs> <laughs> Come on. They're hard for um, me. but okay. for me. Well, they are not for me. So, yeah. Okay. I'm <laughs> just trying to <laughs> I'm just, Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that was a digression from the whole point of my learner gets so wrapped in up into what I'm going to experience. If it's the next few chapters of the book I'm in, if it's a podcast that I've saved, if it's new music or music that I need to you know, using music as a emotion, right? Like we've talked about that before. Like music is much more about what it arises in me emotionally um, and right. helping me process through that. So if I need space to process through how I'm feeling, right? Like I, my interactions in those spaces are, those are the spaces when I'm in the grocery store, when I'm on the metro, when I'm riding my bike, when I'm walking home from a coffee shop or the library. Like those are the spaces that I look forward to when I have my AirPods in because there's something that I am processing or learning that I want to dig deeper into. It's not, in some ways, yes, it's a closing out of the world, but I think it's probably, it's honoring my learner and I think a lot of my intellection, right? Because I don't always have the time to sit in my own head Like, my head is filled with theory and with research Mm -hmm. and with stats problems that I have to do that I just don't get to dwell in my own head. That the times when I put my AirPods in are, yes, because I'm not great at meeting new people. That's uncomfortable for me. It's going to stretch me to do that at one point in time. But it's also, especially, like, I could like, on the airplane in in the airport when I know there will not be anyone I need to interact with that I need to put emotional energy towards that's the time where I sometimes some of my best experiences in my head of processing something something clicking something coming into place something come out in my something coming out in my journal is times where I know specifically I will not be interacting with anyone which is like in the airport on an airplane you know where I don't have to create emotional energy around so it's not a defense but it's like it's more than just not wanting to talk to people yes especially for someone with high strategic like a lot of strategic thinking themes High, like that time is scarce like the time I could spend all day in my head and I do some days right but like that's intentional time where I get to do what I want to do in my head especially now in a space where like mental capital You know, my like brain capital, right, is now that's what I'm doing is working on my brain through this program. And so I have to be sharp in that space. I have to be working in that space right now in places where I wouldn't maybe naturally want to decompress. You know, like I'm not going to decompress by running statistical models in R, but that's what I have to do right now with my brain Because that's what my program is requiring of me. So the opportunities I have to use my mental energy in a different way are, like, a place of such. And I, like, you said the word happy. You said the word content. I looked up synonyms to content because there's something about it that seems dull to me. Um. Um, Like, I know that's a, like personally Same. right and so uh, i it just totally like, agree it just like i mean happiness is too cheeky contentment mm-hmm. seems too dull and so i looked up synonyms and fulfillment that's what stuck with me of the synonyms list there were some other good ones but fulfillment like i find that in where i'm at in those spaces of opportunities where i know i don't i'm not forced to interact with anyone forced to expend emotional energy and i get to dictate what's going on in my brain through what I want to learn, what I want to read, what sort of media I get to intake. Like that is time where I, I come alive in a way. You come alive through those interactions, right? Through your interaction with Larry, I come alive by getting to be in my head and getting to own all of that real Mm -hmm. estate for a time.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So I want, I want to close us with this question. It doesn't have to pertain to today, but how did you take care of yourself? Mm-hmm. How are you taking care of yourself? And I want you to give an example. Um, I'll respond to that question, but I also want, and I'll respond first if it gives you some time. Um, I want our listeners to respond to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this, is, this has been, a, I hope listeners are patient because this has been a little bit all over the place, but we haven't talked to each other in a while. And there's like so many offshoots of like, we should have an old episode on this. Joy is a word that's coming to me when I was thinking Mm -hmm. about, okay, happiness is cheeky and contentment feels like, well, I settled.
2: Mm -hmm. That's
0: what I feel like when I hear the word content. Um, But joy is a word that I, I'm experiencing more joy and bliss in my life right now. And it, it speaks to how I'm taking care of myself. I have become much more capable of setting and holding boundaries. Mm. And, really exploring what it feels like to set one for my own well-being
2: that's good
0: uh I did the trip and and this is a low-level example I'm not going to get into personal examples too heavy here but a low-level example is when I went to Virginia I this for the first time I think in my life didn't respond to work emails when I was off Mm -hmm. I I always do Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and I just chose not to I am not taking a laptop or anything else to, besides a whole lot of bikinis and, and sun gear, to St. Lucia. Mm-hmm. I am not taking my laptop. And that may seem like a low-level example of a boundary, but it's a really hard one for me. Yeah. And I've set some really big ones that I've never done before. I had to mm-hmm. Google, did Google some things to learn how to do them because I had never ever set this kind of healthy boundary, and I'm 46. So how I'm taking care of myself recently is setting some boundaries about where, where I budget my energy,
2: mm.
0: what's in my peripheral, what deserves laser focus, and maybe even the stories I've told myself of what I think should
1: mm.
0: deserve energy or focus those narratives are changing
1: you're not just setting boundaries though you're maintaining them and enforcing Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. and being accountable to them we can all set boundaries but we have to follow through with keeping them in place right and And i think you some of the hardest Mm -hmm. work
0: i've ever done but wow am i seeing the benefits Mm. i love that Hmm. how about for you how are you taking care of yourself It's okay if you want to say putting your AirPods in.
1: Yeah. That is for me a form of care. Like I hope that that's you right.
0: like like understand that, right? Like you know through that, that example. like I'm just You know like, that I do, but you know yeah. that I want to stretch you a little bit um, because we do sometimes need to dig a little deeper into the for strengths sure. that don't come as natural for to sure. us. For sure. Um, that's a perfect example of Larry, I guarantee you number one woo mm-hmm. for sure. Probably number two, communication. Sure. And to witness it in somebody else, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's totally what I would do. That's such a gift. Yeah. No. Pretty cool. But And I want you to stretch Mm -hmm. me, too, to use, like, as I'm listening to your examples of adaptability, I'm, like, shit in my pants. Don't, if you challenge me to ride a bike and listen to a book that I love at the same time, like, I'm fucked. Sorry, listeners, for all of my, my language today, but I'm I'm completely screwed if you challenge me to ride a bike and do anything else hilarious. at the same time.
1: I would So not. please choose
0: a low-level example.
1: I would not.
2: Oh, my gosh. We That's
0: should probably so preface this, Jen and Millie, by saying um, to some of our listeners, don't play us while your kids are in the car. Well, I don't know. Everybody's used to my mouth.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not concerned. Listeners, give us feedback if you want us to put in. I don't feel like this is explicit by the terms of the explicit definitions of... Waiting. I'll work on not using...
0: I'll work... I'll I'll do better. I was told recently that it wasn't very ladylike. Oh, I whatever. Said, oh, well,
1: I'm you. sorry. Well, that's total bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. You misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know who that was. Sorry, you just labeled them, but... Um. <laughs>
0: just flip it off the cameras that you guys can't see yep. but there's like double flips happening here
1: cannot see it but oh my gosh anyway so um yeah I'll think of one let me sit on my challenge for you but okay yeah I think I know I shared in the green room with you that I I in creating you know my a scheduled for my unstructured time I knew that in my life in Omaha I neglected a lot of my physical needs um like I had said so you know in a very basic sense scheduling enough time to sleep eight hours a night um, exercising stuff like that but I think um, beyond that I am really caring for myself by finding moments of mind body spirit alignment every day and that might be choosing to walk in beautiful weather to a great song on my AirPods while I'm crossing the quad of campus and looking at these historic institutions while feeling my whole self come alive because of the privilege that I get to do this work. Um and that might take two and a half minutes to do while I cross campus to get to the library. Um and it might be taking a break and relocating from one coffee shop that I spent the first half of the day in to another one across the city and biking across the city, biking down the mall to be like, okay, I'm just going from one coffee shop to another, but look how great this is because I'm just biking by all the monuments in the U.S. Capitol as I do that. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean totally my context coming out there, but, um, but yeah, I think, um, I think, caring for myself seems like a lot it seems like I think anyone when you think about it it seems like a little overwhelming sometimes to know what you need and what is going to be most helpful for you in that moment and so I think I've learned to redefine what that looks like and to know at least for myself in this season it's usually something small and it usually is somewhat unexpected and just takes my intentionality to recognize it as such um small simple changes that can shift my entire self any given day because I took 15 minutes to bike across the city to a different coffee shop or took two and a half minutes to walk a different direction through campus. So I hit the library steeple just perfectly as I walked by it, right? Like the bell tower, I guess, Um, things like that, right? So I think for me, yeah, for me, that's how I'm caring for myself is being intentional to recognize and create more opportunities for those moments every day. Um, What my spiritual director calls moments of grace every day. I love that. Yeah. it's good. I love it. I can't wait to hear what people, other people are doing to care for themselves, to take care of themselves. I like that phrasing, to take care of themselves every day. Um, yeah. And just give us a little bit of a life update since we haven't heard from um, many of you in a little while. So give us a life update. Um, yeah. What does life look like right now for you and how are you taking care of yourself? With that, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to episode 89 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions we post, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.